this story, a couple of stories here for a long time, and I'm finally just going to buckle down and do it this afternoon. These are two angel stories. Everybody loves angel stories, especially if they're true, and these are true. These happened to me in the same relative time frame. We were, uh, the kids and I, were living in a little house on top of a mountain called E.B. Mountain, outside of uh, the little town we live in. And this happened during a period of time in which I was going through a divorce from my children's father. And it was a really heartbreaking time because my husband and I had had the three children and they were already, uh, well my oldest one was about 13, maybe 12 or 13 at the time, and then on down a year, 18 months, they were real close together. And then uh, James came along later in life. My husband said he wanted another baby, so I willfully got pregnant, and six weeks later he left the family, and we were left alone. So um, the time came when I decided I would like to leave town and move up, rent a little house up on top of the hill, which actually was a mountain. It was one mile straight up this windy old dirt road, and it was a sheer drop-off on one of the sides. Well, when my mom saw <clears throat> that I was going to be moving back there with four kids, I mean, you know Mother, she, oh my goodness, it just tore her heart out. She was really worried. And I can't say, say as I blame her, I really don't blame her at all, and of course she's with the Lord now. Um, but regardless, here's, here's the two stories. The first one went like this. I was having, after living there for a couple of months, I was having a really heartbreaking day, just crying and missing the man I would never be with again and uh, trying to care for the kids. I was on welfare at the time because what's a mother to do with four kids and I wasn't really trained for a job per se. <clears throat> so I was home with the kids having a really hard day. An evening came, I went to bed early, got the kids tucked in early, and I took my notebook with me and I my purpose was to write some poetry or poems because I I can write poems and poetry I've always been a poet so that was my idea I'm sitting there in bed and I propped myself up on the pillow and I started to write and uh, it was a July evening night actually it was probably about nine o'clock and it was very warm outside I had my bedroom window open about two feet at the foot of the bed. And at the foot of the bed on the other side was a big reclining chair. So I propped myself up on the bed and I start to write. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, came a rush of wind through the window. And I knew it wasn't a normal wind because it wasn't breezy outside at all. Just and I pulled the covers up really tight and I'm going like oh my lord what is this and then I relaxed just a little bit because I began to smell every beautiful fragrance I have ever smelled of flowers it was like gardenias jasmine and lilac and 
um, oh, just every every flower you could, the rose, every flower, it was all rolled into one, and yet it was a bit distinctive, and so this fragrance is just permeating my room, and I'm just reveling in it, and at that point, I realized there was nothing to fear because in my sub in my conscious mind I hear a message saying my daughter peace be still and when I heard that message I just relaxed took the covers down a ways and then I knew instinctively now I didn't see this angel the second angel I saw and I will tell you that story when I'm finished with this one. But this particular angel I didn't see, but I knew he was seated in the recliner at the foot of the bed. And as he sat there, he relayed a message to me. Again, it was just from, I guess, I hate to use the word telepathically, but maybe that's what happened because I heard these words coming into my spirit, you might say, or into my mind and going, dropping into my spirit about just peace be still, all is well, you are loved, God loves you, uh, Jesus is with you, and it was just words of encouragement like that for probably maybe a minute and a half, I would guess. And then just as quickly as the angel came, I knew he was getting up, I could sense it in my spirit, and he was getting up, and it, the, the same breeze that came in went whoosh out the window, and with that whoosh back out the window, all the fragrance left my room. It just disappeared, and it was gone. And I'm sitting up there thinking, wow, that was an angelic encounter. I had never had one before. At that time, I was... Um, in my early 30s and I'm going like that was amazing and I really wanted that fragrance just to stay but it was gone when the angel left so that was the first encounter the Bible says that angels are given to minister to the heirs of salvation in the book of Hebrews I believe that means just what it says that God assigns angels to um, guide us, protect us, comfort us, do all the different things that angels do to help us through life. They minister to the heirs of salvation, meaning the people uh, that have surrendered their life to the Lord and to Jesus Christ. We ha are always watched over by angels. Do you know that everybody has a guardian angel? Um, even the people that are not yet surrendered to Christ, I believe, this is my opinion, I believe everyone has a guardian angel because I look back before my kids were born again and before my brother was born again and even myself, oh my goodness, the dangerous situations we got into, the, the things that were actually life-threatening, accidents that were uh, not as bad as they could have been or accidents that were stopped before they happened and just so many things that indicate very strongly to me that everyone, whether they're saved or not, has a guardian angel assigned to them at the moment of birth. I really, I believe that. And I, I believe I could find that in the Word. But this I do know, that after a person is born again and saved, 
by receiving Christ as Savior, we are we have additional angels. And every morning when I try to pray every morning, I always try to remember to ask the Lord to send protector angels and warrior angels. And they're the ones that we're going to be needing in these hard times that we're going into. And the warrior angels, they stand guard with, with swords at the ready. I mean, they're ready to uh, just disseminate demons. If, if they have to get rid of demon powers, even though you can't really kill a demon, you know, those, those swords in the spirit realm, I'm sure, hurt a lot of demons. And that's what angels, uh, the warrior angels can do. Okay, let's get into the second story before I get all wound up with a sermonette. I tend to do that. Sorry about that. The second story uh, took place in the same location up on the mountain, one mile straight up the windy dirt road. Okay, I had accumulated, the kids and I, a whole lot of cans and bottles and garbage. Uh, there was not a dump that was close by. You had to drive 15 miles to town. Once you got down the mountain, you hit the pavement, and it's 15 miles to town, and then beyond a ways is, is the city dump. So we didn't go very often because it also cost money, and we were pretty poor at the time. So we had two big 33-gallon, and I mean these are the big ones, the big, big garbage cans, steel or aluminum or whatever with a big round lid <clears throat> that it accumulated a lot of heavy things a lot of bottles and cans and um, I tried to lift them in the back of the old station wagon I was driving and you know those old station wagons they had a little uh, you open the tailgate and there was this little thing that go, went down like this uh, so I said, I tried to lift the garbage cans, they were too heavy, so I called my son. I said, Shane, I need your help, I need your help. Well, he's like about 12 years old, and very strong for his age, he's always been a very strong man. And so he, as a preteen, uh, was able to lift them with a bit of a struggle. They were heavy for him, but he managed to get them in there, and um, I took James with me. James, is, he was two years old at the time. He was a little one, and I left the three older kids at home alone because they were old enough. So I put little James in the car, and we didn't have car seats back then. It was just, you said, the kid, he's 42 years old, so come on, people, that's 40 years ago, right? 40 years ago. I set little James on the seat next to me, and we head down the mountain, we made it down to the bottom, and as soon as we hit the pavement to go into town, I started hearing this bang, boom, crash, battle, you know, bump, bump, bang, bang, under the car, under the car. And I'm just petrified because, you know, I'm not a mechanic. I had no idea what this is, and I was afraid we would get stalled on the highway. And then I'm thinking, we, you know, this was before they had cell, we had cell phones. There was no way to communicate. We're in the country. I'm pretty well isolated on my way to town. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, in Jesus' name, what do I do now? And I got out of the car, and the second I got out of the car and stood by the door, I saw this white car coming down the uh, highway, 
right toward me. And then I'm going like my heart's going bang, bang, bang. Oh my, I bet I suppose it's some guy that's going to do us harm. I just thought it was a bad thing. But as that car came closer, I started to get a little bit more relaxed. And the car, I'm off the side of the road. And the car pulled right even. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He stopped in back of me. I was thinking of what the, the person did. The car stopped right in back of me. And this man got out. And he walked right even with me. I'm standing there. And he came right even with me. He was probably, I, I was five foot three at the time. He was probably five foot one or two. He wasn't tall, very short for, for a man. He had a white shirt on and nice slacks, no tie. White shirt and slacks. And he stood there looking at me and I, I said to him, I was the only one that spoke. He didn't speak at all. And I said to him, I'm having car trouble. I don't know what this is, but it's banging and clanging, and I don't know whether I should keep going or what. And he he just walked around without saying a word. And when he got to the back of the station wagon, he lifted each garbage can out like it weighed nothing. I mean, like it weighed a feather, about the weight of a feather. I'm, and you'll see at the end of my story how this, how awesome this is. Lifted it out, like it just kind of floated out, set each one on the ground, weighing as much as a feather to him. And then he got down and he did something under the car. Not quite sure. I, I don't know what he did, but he did something. And took him maybe five minutes, maybe four or five minutes, and I just stood by my door. I didn't go back to where he was. I just stayed by the door. And when he got through, he came around to the front where I was, and he looked at me and he smiled. He just kind of a grin like that. Not a big smile, just a little grin. And then I knew it was an angel. I looked at him and I said, oh, I said, thank you, thank you. I said, you're an angel. And then he just smiled again, turned around, walked back and got in his car. Okay, then I get in, back in my car with little James. And I started up, take off, all the banging and clanging is completely gone. Then people listen to this. About half a mile, well, about a fourth of a mile ahead was an intersection. One road went straight into town. The other road went diametrically to the left. Now, either way you took, you could get into town. But I always went the straight way. So I'm looking in my rear <clears throat> view mirror, wondering which way is this angel going to go with this fancy white car. And as I'm looking, anticipating, is he going to follow me straight or is he going to do the intersection? And I'm looking and looking and I'm watching him. And then all of a sudden, bang, he was gone. Disappeared. Car and all. Gone. Fast forward. Years later, 
James is now maybe, oh, 14 years old, maybe 13. And I'm ministering years later at the Everett Gospel Mission. I love to preach to the guys down there, and <clears throat> we'd always make them sit out front and give them a good sermon before we let, let them come back and eat supper in the dining room area. So I had the honor for about four years, <clears throat> once a month or, well, actually maybe once every three months, because it was not every month, but maybe once every two or three months, I would have the honor of preaching to the gentlemen, and they were all men, maybe 40 of them out front. So the night came, I thought, you know, I need to tell them my angel stories, because it's obvious that street people have a lot of angel, angels watching over them. If they don't have the, the protectors and the warriors, they at least have probably more than one guardian. So I'm telling my stories, and I get to the second one. And as God is my witness, when I started preaching that or speaking that night, I had my Bible on the podium, you know, like you do when you do this, on the podium like this. There was nothing on my Bible at all. But when I got to the place where I said, and the angel lifted the garbage cans out of the back of the station wagon as if they weighed about the weight of a feather, I looked down on my Bible and there was a long, about five inch long, silver feather laying across my Bible. And I picked that up and I said, oh my goodness, gentlemen, I said, look at this. Where would a feather come from? I said, we, this Everett Gospel Mission is right in the middle of Concrete City. It's concrete all around, concrete buildings, concrete streets, sidewalk. There's no way a feather is going to fly in here and land on my Bible when nothing was on my Bible one minute prior, and all of a sudden, here's a feather. <laughs> and I'm going like, this is confirmation. I already know the story I'm telling you is 1,000% factual and true. But here we have God giving us a confirmation of the garbage cans that weighed about the weight of a feather when the angel lifted them out of the car to repair whatever he repaired so I could get on my way with my little boy and get down to the, the city dump and then turn around and come home. Um, you know, I'm, I am truly amazed at God that has everything covered in our lives. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what you're going to go through tomorrow. He knows before your day is finished, whatever time of day or night you're watching this video. He knows what lies ahead for you in the next few minutes and hours. He knows about all of your tomorrows, and he goes before you. Um, the Bible says that, I believe, in the book of Isaiah. He is our, Jesus Christ is our rear guard. He goes behind us as well as he goes before us. And, of course, he has angels all around us. So just be encouraged that even when things look dark and bleak and you're going through hard times, God's angels are, are with you to minister to you if you're an heir of salvation. And if you're not yet an heir of salvation, 
Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He loves you so much. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how much Jesus loves you personally. Whoever you are that's listening, young, old, man, woman, it matters not. All he asks for is your heart and for you to surrender to him, to trust in him. And when you do that and you start reading the Word of God, the Bible here, the 66 books that God wrote over a period of thousands of years, the Holy Spirit will just begin to speak to you and you'll begin to understand the ways of God and God will give all of his angels charge over you and your life will be brand new. It's awesome. It is wonderful being a Christian. But listen, it's like I told the guys at the mission, Christianity's not for cowards. And if you're a coward, well, maybe. But you know the alternative is really bad. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And believe me, people, you don't want to go to the latter when heaven is going to be so glorious for all eternity. So think about it. Think about giving your life over to Jesus because he loves you with an incredible love and he will never leave or forsake you. He'll be your rear guard. He'll go in front and behind with angels all around. Thank you so much for listening to me today. It's been my pleasure to tell you my true angel stories. Uh, may God be praised, and I hope to be back with you again soon. God bless you all. Bye-bye for now.